What's up, witches? It's Claudia here, and I have some exciting news. Finally, we have created a Patreon. So you can find us at patreon.com forward slash true crime coffin pot. At the moment, there is only one tier. It's the familiar tier, and it's just where you can chuck us a quid just to help keep us going every month. We aim to expand on this and create new tiers and exciting content. But for now, if you'd like to support us in this way, please do go ahead. That's patreon.com forward slash true crime coffin pod. Enjoy the episode, guys. What's, What's up, up witches? witches? Hi, I'm Claudia, pronouns she slash her. And I'm Jess, pronouns she slash her. And welcome to True Crime Coven. <laughs> Why can I not say she slash her without being... Well, I did it perfectly then. Yeah. But I'm all like slash slash her. I think it's the sla... Like the slash she. Like the she slash... Everyone understood though. Everyone understands my my pronouns. (laughs) Um, So, you're probably wondering why we have started today's episode introducing ourselves with our pronouns. It's... I mean, you could probably work it out. Today we're going to be discussing, and also from the title, today we're going to be discussing uh, hate crimes towards the transgender community. So, as everyone is likely aware, the topic of gender has become more prevalent in recent years, with more people learning about the nuances of gender identity and the way in which society shapes our ideas of gender. So, we've said it before, but here at TCC, we celebrate everyone of all genders, We don't sit in the two-gender camp. We recognise that gender is a social construct and that outside of the Western world, in fact, there are many places and societies that have never subscribed to male and female gender identities. Now, it is important for me to say that as myself and Jess are cis women, as you may have understood from our pronouns, Mm -hmm. we might accidentally get some things in this episode wrong. We obviously will try our hardest not to and we never want to offend But if we do, we're sorry. And we always welcome corrections. Uh, That's how we grow. That's how we learn. We are only humans. Exactly. And because our voices... Our voices? I can't get my S's out today. (laughs) Turn it into Sean Connery. (laughs) And because our voices should not be the loudest on this topic, as to women who identify as their assigned gender at birth, we also welcome a discussion on everything we've said yeah a discussion on gender identity and what it means to you if you do not conform to your gender or even if you do yeah conform to your gender assigned at birth i think it's um nice to show as well like we're allies yeah because sometimes i think as an ally you sometimes feel like you can't do as much because you you feel like you're stepping on toes but actually no you need to have your voice heard as much as an ally to help the people yeah. in need. Sometimes it's good as an ally to use your privilege yeah. to get the message out there. I always think you should never speak over those who yeah. are trying to speak, who Agreed. have actually experienced it and who are experiencing the discrimination or who are just living their lives in a gender non-conforming way. Um, but we, we want everyone to get involved in this. And um, if you look at our Instagram we will have some statements from people who are trans and gender non-conforming. So this week, we have obviously got trigger warnings of uh, hate crimes against transgender people that have unfortunately resulted in deaths. 
Um, and there is some mention of sexual assault. We don't go into any detail. But yeah, if these are things that you feel like you can't listen to right now, completely understand. Uh, look after yourselves. And in fact, in the show notes, there'll be some support for people affected by this. So feel free to go there for support if you if you feel you need to. Take care of yourselves. Always. Always. Often, we hear people describing the idea of gender identity as a new woke left fad, with many people even saying that the discussion of it is grooming the kids. Um, in wow. fact, I removed a sticker in um, my hometown, which is South London, um, that was outside Starbucks. It said, like, Starbucks grooms kids, and it was um, all about transgender, and I, I removed the sticker. And, you know, we've all heard this, like, new woke left fad, and... Uh, it's, it's, it's just not the case, as we will discuss. Do you know what? It sounds like that is a statement copied directly from, like, Piers Morgan or someone like that. Do you know oh, what I yeah. mean? Like, he's... Or, like, someone like Andrew Tate. Oh, just men that have too much of a... Like, white men who have too much of a powerful voice that shouldn't be allowed it. Well, there's also quite a prevalent white woman who has too much of a voice oh, um, God, and yeah. I'm very much trying to not talk about her. her yeah I have tried very hard do you know what not to talk about her I feel like I know exactly who you're on about and even <laughs> oh, if it's, you know even if it's not the same person they're very similar people um I'm just gonna say it's someone who I don't like the works of but I know you do yeah um and I don't want their army to come for us yeah so i've tried very hard not because i don't want to take them on i happily will but i just don't want them to become a focus yes um and in that i'm going to move on from that person (laughs) she who will not be be (laughs) (laughs) so when they say grooming the kids they're discussing you know children or young adults young teens taking puberty blockers they also discuss children or young teens having surgeries which i would like to say is very rarely the case there's not many surgeons yeah. or doctors that will perform surgeries uh gender reaffirming surgeries on anyone under the age of 18 there's not a lot of surgeons who like to perform surgery on anyone under the age of 18 unless it's unless life-saving it's, yeah they try not like even orthopedic surgery oh um, yeah which is our specialties yeah they well, don't was mine like, back in the day yeah they don't like doing them because your body is so like developing and changing until you get to like your early 20s that like yes you might have a torn ligament now but actually fixing it it's just gonna tear again until your body's strong enough to deal with it a lot of a lot of doctors don't like doing unnecessary procedures on anyone but especially anyone who's still developing yeah um so whilst they talk about grooming the kids they are mostly talking about puberty blockers Mm. I will say that, of course, it's important to be cautious when taking any medication, especially ones that will affect one's puberty. Yeah. So we're talking about testosterone, estrogen, testosterone blockers and progesterone. And it is a big step to take, one that should be discussed and explored thoroughly before deciding to continue with medication and surgeries. It's also really important for people to feel they can express and be their true selves. And whilst we don't necessarily fully know the effects of puberty blockers and what that can affect later in life mm. um we we do touch a little bit later on on people detransitioning and it is a very low number oh really um and that's quite often what 
when people say grooming the kids, they're talking about um, putting ideas in their head and then making these children go on to take medications and have surgeries to re- uh, reassign their gender. And it's just it's just not really a thing that's happening. Um, and when talking about grooming, you can assign that to anything. Yeah. Because actually what they're talking about is conditioning. I don't believe it's going on within the um, trans community. I don't... I ha- I'm yet to meet anyone who is gender non-conforming who is trying to turn kids trans or anything other than all they're doing is they might open the discussion online yeah not to someone in particular and but just those in people general yeah yes and then some pe- some young people might get involved in that discussion and might discover things about themselves yeah and then they might support them but it's not being forced upon them no never no um And, you know, when these people talk about grooming, like I said, they're talking about conditioning, which you can attribute to, you know, making your child learn an instrument, making your child do a certain career or a certain subject. Like, we all condition our children in some way. Yeah. Um, Even trying not to condition a child is conditioning a child. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, whilst in Western society, it may be a fairly new thing to be so openly discussed... In other cultures, the idea of being a third gender, trans or non-binary slash fluid is actually rather common, and it has been for thousands of years, with even many deities being a third gender. Also, people have been other genders in Western society for years too. Just A, we didn't have the internet, and B, they sometimes hid. Mm. In the same way, you know, gay people have always existed. But yeah, but they've you'll just find right- Yeah, you'll find writing back in the day about how, you know, Two men were best friends and lived with each other until the day they died. Oh yes, yeah, I'm gonna bet friends. that. Yeah, I'm gonna get the bet. I'm gonna bet that they weren't best friends. Yeah. Well, you know, two spinsters lived together till the day they died. Mm, were they spinsters? Mm, yeah. Or were, oh, they, were lovers? they lovers? Yeah. And you know, people have always existed. It's just whether they've been outwardly themselves yeah. or not is a different matter. Also, the amount of people that were probably in unhappy marriages and thought that mm-hmm. there was something wrong with them because they weren't attracted to their um, partner. They were just, like, forced into that marriage. I mean, also, there have been many couples throughout history where the woman has no- known that their partner is gay. Or, oh, gotcha. you know, vice versa. Yeah. And they've, you know, just been best friends who have had a family together. Yeah. People have always existed, just like there aren't more gay people now since the liberation um, and the gay rights movement. There aren't now more transgender people. Yeah, they're just just more open and accepted. And there's more options. Yeah. And I personally think it's amazing that people don't have to hide anymore or feel like they don't have to anymore. So I thought, firstly, we'd discuss some ideas of gender from other cultures, just to prove our point that it's... It's not new. It's, yeah. it's not a woke fad. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, always real. Been, it's always been there. It's always, it's always been, been there. an issue. Mostly I'm going to discuss non-Western, but I also mm. just mean those that aren't British and North American. Obviously, Western often, when we talk about Western culture, not only are we talking about um, white European cultures, but also countries that have been colonised by yeah, uh, like, the like English. Yeah, like Australia, New exactly. Zealand, yeah. And um, I do actually discuss New Zealand in this, uh, albeit oh, okay. uh, natives. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, basically, I'm trying to discuss things that aren't British and North American, as this is what most of us are likely more familiar with, yeah. because our audience is predominantly uh, from the UK and USA. Actually, surprisingly, I didn't realise we're quite 50-50 in that. I really? Thought we'd be, yeah, I thought we'd be mostly UK, but we're quite 50-50, so... Oh, Hi. nice. Hi. <laughs> Hi, all our American listeners. Hello. Um, so, for example, in Hindu society, there have been people of non-binary expression for over 2,000 years. Wow. They are referred to as the third gender, and evidence for their existence can be found in Hindu holy texts. And I am trying so hard not to butcher things once again. Yeah. Um, I have got the phonetic pronunciations written here (laughs) but i still might mess up so in hindu holy texts such as the (laughs) rhymeana and the and the muhabharata where hindu hero arjuna becomes a third gender Again, I'm so sorry. <laughs> in 2014, it was estimated that around 3 million third-gender people live in India alone. And that's, that's number's probably gotten higher since then. Yeah. The third gender includes a few different groups in South Asia. However, the most common are the Idris, whom are people often born male but look and dress in traditionally feminine ways, with many, but not all, choosing to undergo a castration ceremony where they remove their genitalia as an offering to Hindu goddess... Buchu Chara Mata. Other Idras are born intersex. Now, often in other societies, people refer to Idras as, transgen- as transgender, but they would refer to themselves as the third gender, as they are neither male nor female and they are not transitioning. They are a different gender altogether. However, it is important to note that, as with all genders, Idra identity is complex and some may refer to themselves as transgender. Others may choose to seek gender reassignment surgeries. Therefore, it is important to always refer to people as they choose to be addressed, Mm -hmm. choose to be addressed, including their pronouns. Oh my God, I need water. Yeah, fair enough. That was a long, a long spiel. Then in Thai culture, you have Katoi, which is an identity that in English culture we may describe as a transgender woman or perhaps an effeminate gay man. But actually, a significant number of Thai people would perceive Katoi as belonging to a separate sex, a third gender, if you will. And this includes some transgender women themselves. So what I mean by that is some transgender women would not describe themselves as Katoi and some Katoi people would not describe themselves as transgender. Okay. Therefore, it's not really right to say that they are transgender. Again, it's just whatever they are comfortable. Exactly. The term Katoi was originally used to refer to intersex people and the term was used before the 1960s to include anyone who deviated from sexual norms. Now, this is a bit of an outdated term which has been used in a derogatory way in many instances when referring to those within the trans community, but a term that we're probably more familiar with that relates to Katoi um, is the term ladyboy. As I said, this is something that is often used as a slur it has yeah. now obviously been appropriated back by a lot of people in Thailand. Yeah, um, you well, know, like because the Lady Boys of Bangkok is quite a famous yeah. little touring group now, isn't it? Exactly. So it's been, um, you know, adopted back by them. They've taken back the power of that word. Yeah, um, but, uh, but turned a slur into like a positive. Yeah, the same way we've reclaimed the word queer. Yeah. Um, 
and a lot of gay people might use the F word to describe themselves. Um, it's not a word that I, despite myself um, being bisexual or pansexual, I'm, I'm happy with either. Um, I wouldn't use the F word to describe a gay man because I'm not a gay man. Yeah. Um, but a lot of gay men will call themselves that. Yeah. It's not something that I feel like I can use um, when I don't want to use it. But yeah, so some Katoe's, the term is interchangeable with ladyboy, but it's also not. But yeah, it's really nuanced, as as gender is. It's yeah. very gender is personal to each individual person. My idea of being a woman probably is very is probably different to your idea of being a woman. Well, so I've always thought of gender as a scale rather than like it's black and white. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's a spectrum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's the word I meant. <laughs> Sorry, I'm also fighting for my microphone from Orla. Um but yeah, because sometimes you can get, even if you identify like both ourselves as women, you there's still a spectrum of really, really girly girls and yeah. like, tom, tomboy girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I, know, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I love to put a dress on and put makeup on, blah, blah, blah. But day to day, I'm not one of those people that's like, I have to look really girly every single day like today i'm wearing a jumper and well, you live in like yoga yeah yoga trousers yoga pants yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's because sweatpants is all that fits me right now and this is the thing like our idea of being women you know we've never discussed it but if we did sit down and discuss it we'd probably have we probably have quite similar ideas because we tend to on both things yeah but we probably still have different ideas about what makes us women, women. yeah and that's the thing with gender you can't say oh, they're transgender, you know, they're a trans man, therefore this is their idea of their gender. Yeah. No, 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 you can't say that. that like, yeah. They will tell you. Yeah. Like, um, I've always done stereotypically girl sports. But yeah, like not, being a cheerleader, yeah, but you also but have men within those sports. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so you've also got men, but it's also my mum didn't force me into gymnastics. Like, I was good at gymnastics and then I wanted to do cheerleading. Yeah. Like I also did athletics. It's a very neutral... Oh man, I'm I'm still mad at the pottery woman who made me I, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but I did um pottery painting. Yeah. I can tell all is upset for me. I know. She's she's like let let women do what they want, let men do what they want, and let everyone in between do what they want. Um yeah, this pottery painting woman, I Basically, I used to do pottery painting as a kid and I painted a dinosaur. That's my first thing. Nice. And then she was like, what do you want to paint next? And I was like, oh, spider. And she wouldn't let me. She said I'd pick something girly. I'm still mad at that woman. And I'm glad she went out of business. How? Like, paint a fucking bunny dare rabbit. Dare she? Yeah, my mum was pissed as well. She was like, I'm paying for this. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't tell my mum at the time. My anyway. mum had a little boy. I mean... I'm not sure how relevant this story is. But and anyway, he one day wanted to wear a dress. So mum let him wear a dress because they were playing dress up. And his dad got a bit funny about it. And she said, look, him wearing a dress doesn't mean he's gay. Doesn't mean he wants to be a girl. She said, and the more you don't let him, like, play with dolls and wear dresses and wear high heels, she's like, the more he's going to want to do it. She's like, realistically, he wants to do it because... 
he's the only boy here today and all the other girls are wearing dresses so he wants to play with the other children she's like he's not wearing a dress because he wants to wear a dress he's wearing a dress because he doesn't want to be left out so don't look at it so black and white is and also kids don't see things as gender Gender. because they're not because it's a social construct they haven't been they haven't been conditioned that way yet yeah like they are taught gender so in maori culture in new zealand you have the wakawahine who are men who prefer the company of women and take on traditionally female occupations such as weaving the other end of the spectrum you have the wakatain who are biological females who pursue traditionally male roles such as becoming warriors or engaging in physical labor the incas worship the chuku chinche a dual gender god and third gender ritual attendants or shamans perform the perform perform the sacrificial rituals to honor this god whilst wearing androgynous clothing in native hawaiian and tahitian cultures they have third gender people with traditional with traditional spiritual and social rules oh my god <laughs> with traditional spiritual and social roles called mahu meaning in the middle or homosexual but it depends on how you say this word. <laughs> so I watched a video on how to pronounce it and I learned a lot yeah. because different inflections of this word, um, depending on where, I know it's not called an accent and I'm really sorry for not knowing the proper word for the um, dots over the Oh yeah, letters. I know what you mean. Um, there's a special word for it in yeah. Hawaiian culture and I've just completely forgotten. Um, but with different inflections, it can mean soda or steam. So I believe if you put emphasis on both syllables, like ma, who, it should mean in the middle or homosexual. If not, I'm really sorry. I'm just saying soda or steam. Um, in historical context, mahu were assigned male at birth, but in modern uses, usage, mahu can re- refer to a variety of genders and sexual orientations. And oh, the so last it's like, kind exa- of like an umbrella. Yeah, umbrella term. Yeah. And the last example I have is that in Samoa, they believe there to be four genders, female, male, fa'afafine and fa'afatama, with the last two being non-binary or third genders. So fa'afafine are assigned male at birth, but exhibit both masculine and feminine traditional gender traits, with the word fa'afafine meaning in the manner of a woman, whereas fa'afatama means in the manner of a man and are people assigned female at birth who exhibit both feminine and masculine traditional identity traits. These genders have always existed in Samoan culture and their culture culture is more than 3,000 years old. That's mad. Yeah. So how did the Western culture get it so wrong? I don't think we got it wrong. I think we just sort of was like, aha, man, aha, woman. Yeah. Uh, Which is wrong, but I mean... (laughs) We, I think we have this thing in the Western world where we decide that everything we do is the way everything has always and should always have been done. Yeah. I also think the Western world is very, very quick to jump to, like, men are right. Mm. Like, it's a patriarchal society. Yeah, it's the white, straight man is always right mm-hmm. and everyone else is beneath them. Yeah. And, they, and they're blinders on to kind of everything else that's happening. They're like, no, everyone is like me. 
My yeah. woman, my woman stays home and makes me dinner when I get home. She bears the children. She is weaker than me. I am strong. Everyone else is wrong. But then, sadly, you even get people who don't think that way, um, but still have this idea of the two genders and of you know grooming children if they dare to say that they think they might not yeah. subscribe to the binary genders. Um, but the reason I went into all that detail about all these different cultures and believe me there is so much more i could have I bet. put in there so many different cultures um this is not even scraping the surface oh wow um is me sort of trying to say that not identifying as female or male and not believing in only two genders is by no means a woke fad and when it's people sit there and they're thing. like i believe in science and there are only two genders it's like well, actually, if you believe in science and you have to believe in three genders because intersex people scientifically exist. Yeah. Um, so that whole sentence is wrong. And as someone who considers herself a scientist, who, you know, is a nurse and works within the healthcare field, I only need to know your biological gender if it's going to change the treatment. And in which case I can still refer to you with different pronouns. Yeah, but... A lot I, of I treatments, need... I can't imagine, vary it's, between men and women. It's only going to matter if, you know, we're talking about something that involves your reproductive system yeah. or your genitals or if we're giving you blood. As yeah. far as I know, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in all the different nuances of gender and how it can affect you, but... You know, I I need to... it. Th- even if it's those things, I can still refer to you with a pronoun that's different. Yeah. You can say, I was assigned, I was assigned female at birth, but I identify as male. And then I can call you he, him, yeah. or and they, them. Or they, them. Yeah, whatever you prefer. Or, not be funny, most of the time, I expect you call your patients by their names. Yeah. Not he, him, her, they... And I am proud to say that um, the only one time I've had to um, say to a doctor who was calling a patient he, him, and the patient I know identifies as she, her, the one time I've had to correct them, they responded with, oh, I'm sorry, thank you. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that that is the only time. One, I've had to do it, and two, it was met with... A kind um, response. A kind response, not like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Or you know anything else yeah but that's a different tangent <laughs> so people who are neither male or f- nor people who are neither male or female and people who are assigned a different gender to their identity at birth have always existed and they always will mm. regardless of prejudice and hate thrown at them because whilst you can silence people you can't erase their existence you can't just get rid of them yeah but sadly With the growing discussion of transgender identity and gender identity in general in Western society, there's also been a rise in hate crime against such people. Now, the first person I want to talk about today is someone we're probably all aware of, and that is the recent killing of 16-year-old Brianna Gay. She was found dead by members of the public at around 3.13pm on February 11th, 2023. In culture... I should have looked up how to say this word. <laughs> Colchester Linear Park in Warrington, a town in Cheshire, England. 
Now, police have said it's unclear if this was a hate crime. At first, they said it wasn't. And um, people actually urged them to look further into this and they are now looking into it. Mm. But it has been speculated that because Brianna was a transgender woman, it could have been. Yeah, I mean, no, like, not to speculate, but how many reasons do you have for... Stabbing a 16-year-old. 16-year-old female... It's either going to be a weird sexual motive or a transphobic motive, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, she wasn't involved in any gangs. Mm. Um, And also, considering that um, her parents have said that she received bullying in school for her gender identity, it's not a long way off. However, a lot is still not known about this case. Um, So the day after her body was found with fatal stab wounds... Two 15-year-olds, a boy and a girl, were arrested and charged with Brianna's murder. And their trial is set for July 10th, 2023. Now, I expect now, I... you're going to go into it, but when I when I first heard about this case, it really, really pissed me off. Um, yeah, I mean, if I don't go into what you want me to, yeah. feel free to tell me. Oh, I expect you will, because... I can see that Orla's very annoyed as well about mm. this case. Yeah. Sorry, it's because she <laughs> is, she's tired. No, that's fair. Um, me too. <laughs> now, I personally never want to sit here and speculate or play armchair detective. I think it's actually really dangerous too, um, which yeah. is why we haven't sat here and I haven't sat on social media talking about uh, Nicola Bully too much because I actually think doing that is very dangerous. Um, it can cause a lot of harm to victims, to their families and even to suspects. Yeah. So, you know, we see people wrongly accused um such as in the case of joanna yates which we covered in episode 48 yeah um you know i don't want to sit here and say it was a hate crime because that doesn't do brianna any justice if it wasn't because yeah it might not have been yeah and it's understandable but uh, but it is also understandable to see why a lot of people think this may have been a hate crime whether it was or wasn't remains to be seen and hopefully the family and friends of brianna have the answers they need or will get them in court even but if regard- it's not a hate crime, sorry. It's like it's like the um Oh, I've forgotten his name. The one we did the other week about the ongoing Edwin? Yeah, Edwin. That's what I knew. Edwin Shaloba. E. Yeah, I've looked and there's um, not been any updates as yet on that case. His wasn't a hate crime, but as you said, would it, it would it have got less media coverage because he was a gay man. Yeah. And the same with this. Like, even if it wasn't or isn't a hate crime it still needs the same recognition. It still needs the same police attention. Yeah, and I will say that I do think it has, but we will yeah. discuss the problems that have occurred around since, it. Yeah, yeah, around the reporting of it. Um, Which is what pissed me off, so I'm... <laughs> yeah, so hopefully we're going to get to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope the family have family and friends have the answers they need. Um, you know, we don't necessarily need them as the public. That We're no. not entitled to those answers like many people believe we are um and hopefully if they don't have them they will get them in court but regardless brianna has sadly been the victim of hate in her death numerous news outlets have misgendered her in their coverage of her murder referring to brianna with male pronouns as well as dead naming her dead naming for anyone who isn't aware is when people use someone's old name perhaps the name they were given at birth to refer to them that's a name what that they- has annoyed me yeah honestly it's It's so disrespectful it's just so unnecessary yeah um 
so a name it's it's a name that people no longer associate themselves with and it might not always be because it incorrectly genders them i've got friends who have changed their name who aren't transgender they just don't like their old name because you know maybe they've fallen out of the parent who gave it to them yeah the parent was abusive who gave it to them or it's just not a name that they identify with i know but like it's even surnames as well like i knew someone who changed her surname from her dad's surname to her mum's surname because of things that her dad had done she didn't want to be associated with that surname and it's fine like people are allowed to change their name that's why it exists exists. yeah (laughs) and that's the thing a lot of news outlets sadly decided to refer to Brianna as a man and refer to Brianna as her dead name, which I'm going to admit, I actually don't even know her dead name because I don't want to know it. I don't yeah, need it, to know it. That's not, not her. If it's not how she identified, then we don't need to know it. Exactly. And obviously you can accidentally dead name people. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say that I've never dead named my friends by accident, but the reason you shouldn't do it on purpose is because it can cause a lot of pain and trauma for people and when done intentionally is a sign of disrespect yeah and with many news articles changing brianna's name to her dead name and her pronouns to masculine ones when they found out she was transgender it was definitely disrespectful yeah because a lot of play a lot of news outlets originally because brianna's family refer to her as she her uh, they refer to her as a daughter, a sister, a granddaughter, mm. and they refer to her as Brianna. Originally, news outlets rightly reported the death as she, her, Brianna, and then they found out she was transgender and went mm. out of their way to find, to find yeah the dead name and change the pronouns, which is a lot of work to be yeah. awful. Also, like she identified as Brianna, as she, her, her family, obviously were very accepting of it, yeah. calling her daughter, sister. So why do the meet like there was no one who identified her by her dead name or as a male. So why do the media feel that they have to cover it as a male? Honestly, the only way I can think is to prove some sort of disgusting point. Yeah. Like this is what really annoyed me. Like because it should still get the same treatment as a normal murder case whether they're transgender or not shouldn't make a difference on how you cover it if they yeah. identified as a woman they should be spoken i mean as a woman. how many murder cases have we heard of where it's like you know the man or person killed is dave smith who went by james and then they were i mean often they call them by their last name but yeah. they might be like who family and friends referred to as james they would have no problem calling them james yeah so what's the difference? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, doing this when someone can't even speak up for themselves, like it's one thing if she could stand up for herself, but she can't. Yeah. And it, it's just so cowardly. It leaves a lot of pressure on the grieving, the poor grieving family as well. Like they're yeah. the ones who now have to stand up for her as well as grieve the loss of her. Yeah. As well as um, be put through this... I mean, I don't know if it is going to trial or whatever, but... It is, yeah. Yeah, going through a trial, that's a lot to put on someone. It is. Now, these news outlets did then revert back to Brianna's right name and pronouns, but the damage was done. Yeah. The point was made, whatever point they were making. 
Many have also pointed out that in death, Brianna will always be misgendered on her death certificate too. Really? So, when a transgender person wishes to change their gender legally, they must obtain a gender recognition certificate, GRC. Mm -hmm. And as Brianna did not have a GRC at the time of her death, she'll be stated as male on her death certificate. Whilst from a legal point of view, I understand this. It's the same way as, um, unfortunately, when... And I I wonder if this will be the case on her headstone as well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, So my mum used to work in funerals. And if you are, for example, called Dave Smith and you go by James, your family are not allowed to put James Smith on your headstone. They have to put Dave you know in um what do you call them quotations quotations yeah. james smith yeah because that is your legal, legal name. name i wonder you can't though, put jimmy for someone called james, james for example even if they never went, went by, by james in their life you'd have to put james Brianna her legal name though had she legally changed her name by default i'm not sure because then at least she could have brianna mm. and then i'm guess they can still just say loving do like beloved daughter oh yeah of course um but I, i'm not sure I, I don't know anything about that yeah but i was just thinking out loud at that point but <laughs> That's okay i understand to from have a, these discussions yeah i understand from a legal point of view them having to put mail on the birth certificate yeah but it does just add insult to injury yeah but also so, did the tabloids need to report that no. Do you know what I mean? No, they never needed to. Yeah. Um, it's still also, whilst we may understand it from a legal point of view, being put as male on her death certificate is something that still doesn't sit right within the LGBTQIA plus community. And I think we can all understand this. Yeah. Like we say, I consider myself a woman. I was assigned female at birth, so I. but I also feel very much a woman. And therefore, if I died, my death certificate would state I was female. If my birth certificate, if, sorry, if I died, my death certificate would state I was female. <laughs> if I died and my death certificate stated I was a man, I was male, my family would be upset about that. They would question that. Yeah. And it's no different for Brianna. Yeah. Um, I'm except, assuming the only reason she hadn't fully transitioned was her age. Yeah. So, and this is the thing. Not only would I be upset if I was put as male on my birth on my death certificate i keep saying birth certificate <laughs> um it's because i accidentally wrote it uh-huh. um no not only would i you know i'd be upset if yeah. i was put as male on my death certificate but the thing is at least it wouldn't have been an ongoing battle for me throughout life yeah whereas this is something that brianna would have had to be constantly battling yeah. Since her death, a petition has been created online that would see the Gender Recognition Act amended to allow people to receive a GRC posthumously. So, as you say, Brianna would not have been allowed to have have obtained a GRC while she was alive, as she was only 16. Mm. And under current UK law, you need to be 18 and over to have a GRC. Um, And also to fully transition, I believe. I mean, I get... I understand the fully transition for reasons that we spoke of earlier about going through mm. surgery, but I don't see why you would need to wait for like the legal documentation if you were. I'm not sure. I guess it could be the whole. 
I don't know. I want to say informed consent, but I think a 16-year-old can have can be informed in consent. if their parents are fully accepting and, like, her parents obviously referred to her by her choice of pronouns, mm. why could her parents not countersign it to be like, yeah, as soon as she hits 18, she is going to go through with the surgery. She is a woman, and that is how... Sorry, that's all. Um, that is how she identifies. Like, why yeah. could they not... Like, that's no different to them signing a consent form to say she's having this medical procedure that can save her life because she's not old enough to consent to it. Yeah, and I agree. Um, And then for me, that age should be 14. And I agree completely. Um, I I honestly don't know why it's not the case. Um, All I know is that people are now campaigning to... um, have it made so people can have a GRC posthumously? <laughs> I can see what all is doing. Yeah, I know. I've uh sorry, Simon. <laughs> I'm gonna take a picture. She her new thing is this. There you go, can you hear her laughing? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, she likes to fish hook me. Fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> grab on my double chin now. Oh, I really wish Simon could sit in on these and see why my recording's such a nightmare. Um, <laughs> she almost pulled out of my ear. <laughs> so, um, not only would it be people can get GRCs posthumously um, but also so that people who are transgender if they were given a terminal diagnosis they could choose to then um, have a GRC um, obtained if that makes sense I don't know if I've said that right but you know what I mean they would have a GRC so that they would be recognised as the correct gender in their death yeah so we will link to the petition for this in our show notes for this episode um, but we've also tweeted a link to it on our Twitter account as I signed it yesterday. Um, I'll send it to you, Jess, so you can sign it. Yeah, I don't do Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, please go and add your signature so that Brianna can have dignity in her death. Um, I think, you know, if we're going to sit and talk about her case, then she we all owe it to her to put our signature on that petition. All is very happy about the sort of people signing that petition, aren't you? As we can all hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she supports it. Should we should we sign you up on that petition? Yeah. Oh no, I just spoke now. No speak. A campaigner for transgender rights spoke to the Liverpool Echo and put it well when they said the government needs to allow trans people to be given a gender recognition certificate posthumously because nobody should have to face dying and having the dignity of being remembered for who they were denied. Respecting who a person was in life is the bare minimum we can do for them. Furthermore, Brianna has been disrespected in death as one of the vigils held for her was disrupted by a group of men in Birmingham. Whilst mourners gathered to pay their respects to Brianna on Friday, February 17th in Birmingham's Gay Village, an area where members of the LGBTQA plus community should most definitely feel safe, a group of men showed up and began shouting homophobic abuse at the group, including one shouting, fuck LGBT rights and fuck you all. The mourners kept their dignity, however, and simply told the men to calm down and that no one's telling them to be there. 
Isn't it mad? Like, people have nothing better to do with their day. I know. Like, I know it seems like station, but like, whether, like, I'm not supporting hate in any way, shape, or form, but like, if you, the fact that you hate something that much, that you feel like you can take your time out of your day to go to Birmingham to abuse um, the LGBTQIA plus community for no other reason that you had nothing else to do that day you need a fucking hobby i'm sorry yeah and you know what (laughs) i understand going and like disrupting something you oppose like as someone who used to be an animal rights activist um i mean i do understand that that's very different But, (laughs) but in which case if you're going to do that and i don't support doing that you know do it something like gay pride not at someone's memorial Vig- oh, vigil. I know. And by no means am I saying it's okay for people to go and disrupt it's pride. Like, I'm just saying if you're going to... Do if, anything. If, if you're going to, you know, also, do, do your calls or whatever. Do your hate calls. for a 16-year-old girl. Who has been stabbed to death. Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's like the church in America. Um, oh, Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, who goes and, like, terrorises funerals of, like, army veterans i'm like and tells there's a clip of them telling a woman with ms that she deserves to have it oh what do you (laughs) gain from that do you know like i just i know it's because like i they're so different to me but i'm like i honestly cannot see any benefit to you from doing that you're not gonna stop them being gay (laughs) do you know what i mean people as you said earlier people have always been gay people have always had different genders um including the third gender it's not going to change anything no exactly and you know good on good on the group for just being able to remain calm yeah i don't know if i'd have been able to no i wouldn't have been clearly, but i suppose you have to sit there and remember who, who you're there for <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah i guess actually if you're there mourning somebody yeah. You, then the also, these people want, want attention. If you just ignore them, they'll go away. Yeah, it's petty people. It is, and they want to make it about them. So don't let yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. But events such as these highlight even more the fact that trans people still receive hate and prejudice every day, even in death, from strangers who know nothing about them other than the fact that they don't fit into their idea of gender norms. Mm. But whilst we may all know Brianna Gay's name because the case got a lot of media coverage, the world lost another transgender woman in February, but their death didn't receive as much media attention. Again, this is a name that I'm going to try and not butcher. Um, this person was Zark Imanitou Itahu. They were a transgender immigrant from Rwanda who moved to Louisville, Kentucky in the United States in 2019 in search of a new life. Now, once again, we may know less about Zark because she is a black immigrant and notoriously such victims, as we said before, get less media attention than victims who are white. Of course, we aren't saying that Brianna's murder shouldn't receive, receive a lot of media attention. More so, we're saying that Zark Imanitawi's murder should receive just as much. Did you say it was in the States as well? Yeah. So, obviously, we do get a lot of States, but um, States news coverage over here, but... Mm. I would like to think it's because um, it happened in America. Yeah, but then this but, didn't get that much coverage in America either. Yeah. But also, yeah, I can't 
I, I'm not sure if this is a stereotype, but I feel like sometimes America's worse for covering um, black murders and crime cases than Englanders. I mean, we're both as bad as each other, but... Yeah. I mean, all I know is that I definitely hadn't heard of her. No, I haven't heard of her either. Whereas Brianna's been plastered all over the news over here. Yeah, which I'm so happy about. Yeah. So Zark was fatally shot on February 3rd, 2023, outside her place of work, the JBS Swift plant, which is a pork production factory. Her death came just two days after her 26th birthday. Hours after her murder, a colleague from the plant was arrested after he turned himself in to Louisville, I can't say the word, Louisville <laughs> Metro Police, 58-year-old Edilberto, Edilberto, Edilberto Reyes. Once again, a motive hasn't been established for the attack and we aren't here to speculate and create false narratives. But of course, Zark's death has been a huge loss for the Louisville LGBTQ community who came together to mourn Zark, who has been described as always wearing a big smile. They also loved fashion and they loved to spend time with their friends. Her murder also leaves Zark's mother, Marie, alone as Zark was, prov- was the provider and carer for her. So not only has Marie lost her daughter, but also her main supporter. That's so sad. I know. Zark's nephew, Daniel... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can see you, like, pronunciation. I really want to get it right. <laughs> Fair enough. Daniel Gendahayu has created a GoFundMe to help Marie pay for Zark's funeral as well as to cover the family's living expenses whilst they are grieving. This fundraiser will also be in our show notes for this episode, and of course we have made our own small donation to the GoFundMe ourselves. Unfortunately, it is small, but hopefully every little helps. And in that vein, if you're able to make a donation of any kind, I'm, so, I'm sure Zark's family would greatly appreciate it. Alternatively, sharing the link is always great too. You can also find a link to the GoFundMe on our Twitter account. Chris Hartman, the executive director of the Louisville Fairness Campaign, hit the nail on the head when he said that Zark's death is the latest example of an epidemic plaguing our trans community, not just across America, but the entire globe. He also put it perfectly when he said, it's another tragic story of a black transgender woman's life cut short by fatal violence. All we can do now is remember Zark as she was, someone who was authentically and totally themselves and reportedly always happy and smiling. She was brave and she was so deeply loved. Sadly, Zark is not the first gender non-conforming person to be killed in the United States this year, and we know that she won't be the last. According to the Human Rights Campaign, Zark's murder is the fourth fatal instance of violence against a transgender person in the USA this year. This means that there is currently an average of two a month in the US. And if that continues, we stand to lose 24 transgender people in the United States alone this year. That's 24 lives, 24 people, 24 individuals just trying to be themselves and not harming anyone else in doing so. Last year, the United States saw at least 36 deaths of trans and gender non-conforming individuals in 2022. Although the actual number is thought to be higher due to many going unreported or unrecognised. And why don't we hear about them? Because their deaths are ignored by mainstream media, time and time again. 
so it leaves it up to their communities and allies to celebrate them and tell their stories, to make the noise that is necessary to get others to pay attention. I heard about Zark's case because of someone on Twitter with the username it's girl underscore who made noise, and I share that at with their permission. We the people can make a difference, and our voices are so much louder together. With that in mind, let's take this moment to remember the other three victims this year so far of violence against trans individuals. So, on January 23, 2023, a 21-year-old Latina trans woman named, named Unique Banks was killed in a shooting with her mother, Alexandra Olmo, in their home. Three other people were also attacked in the shooting, two of which are also trans women and the third being Alexandra's boyfriend. Unique's father, Omar Burgos, said that his heart is torn apart by his daughter's murder, with her brother also taken to social media to state, I miss you so much, Bukiana. I love you, Bay, forever, until I see you again. He also paid tribute to his mother, and honestly, like, I can't imagine losing my sister and my mum. Oh, I know. And you same... were saying that, I was like, that <clears throat> is a lot of people, and chances are they probably knew the other people in the room as well so they've yeah. lost two friends a daughter and a wife or like daughter slash sister mother slash wife and also the mother's boyfriend who i don't know how close they were to him oh wow okay yeah um this isn't thought to be a hate motivated crime but it is still another mm. trans life lost and two other trans people have now experienced violence against them yeah um, I'm unsure how they're doing in hospital. Um, I did try and research it, um, but I, di I didn't see any updates. Mm. Casey Johnson was a 27-year-old trans woman who was killed in North Carolina on January 14th, 2023, after being declared missing just the day before. Suspect William Haven Hicks was taken into custody in charge of first-degree murder, as well as robbery of a dangerous weapon, weapon and kidnapping. It is believed that Casey and William met on a dating site, although Casey was known to be in a relationship with her partner, Bula Brodzinski. Again, this was not known to be a hate crime, but regardless, another transgender woman's life was taken from her. Jasmine Star Mack was a 36-year-old transgender woman who was killed in Washington, D.C. on January 7th, 7th, 2023, the first known transgender woman to be killed in the U.S. this year. Star, as she liked to be called, was found lying in the street unresponsive with a stab wound to her right leg. She was pronounced dead at 3.10am and sadly her killer has still not been found as we record this episode. Star's sister, Pamela Witherspoon, has told reporters how Star loved everybody. At the time of her murder, Star was homeless, adding to her vulnerability and the likelihood of her being a victim of violent crime. She would stay around the Ivy City, which is where her body was found, and she would often stop by a mosque in the Ivy City to pick up food and clothing. Mohammed Mabidin, who runs the mosque, said that Star was very polite and would say and would thank us and say God bless you and all of that. She was really, really nice, polite, and I don't think she deserved what happened to her. Now, again, whilst none of these three are known to be hate crimes against transgender people, I also think it's quite hard to necessarily recognize a hate crime against transgender people mm. first of all it's hard to you, you never want to say that that is the reason yeah. and i can definitely see why we don't think that um unique banks was because obviously although they were targeted there were 
two people killed and everyone was injured. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't just her. It Sorry, was two a, people killed. It was a room full of people. Yeah, a house full of people. Yeah. Um, but it's very hard because it's hard to know when it is and when it isn't. Yeah. Especially but you can with see the, the homeless stabbing because was she stabbed because she was transgender? Was she stabbed... Mm because she was homeless like she could have been stabbed was it a because, combination yeah well she could have been stabbed because she had food and someone else didn't and they were desperate yeah like they... there's so many different reasons yeah but i think the thing that i'm also trying to highlight is that these go underreported by the media they get less yeah. media attention which could be due to them being transgender yeah um and also i mean we don't know because they're not well reported like, are they being accurately reported? Like, Brianna's mm. case was not accurately reported. Yeah. Because she was reported as a young man who had been stabbed, which mm-hmm. isn't true. She was... No. She was a woman. She identified as a woman. Yeah, and this is the thing as well. I notice how all these transgender people are trans women, which also brings to light when we've spoken about femicide in the past, how yeah. so many women are killed so regularly women are so much more likely to be victims of homicide um it is that's an epidemic in itself that's yeah. a different subject i was listening to another podcast today actually and um it was about crime in italy and it was something ridiculous like every three days a woman is killed in italy as part yeah. of like a hate crime against women um, I'm pretty sure it was the same here in the UK, though, wasn't it? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if that statistic was the same. Because I remember all over we the world. spoke about the statistic, didn't we? But yeah. it's gone from my head now. Yeah, no, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I just heard that one today, which is why it's fresh on my mind. But it's yeah. ridiculous. Every three days, how many days are there in a year? Like what, three hundred and sixty-five? Yeah. Every three of those, a woman is killed. And this is the thing, I think as well, it's important to note that if transgender women are being killed at a higher rate than transgender men, then it shows that transgender women are... They have an added layer of vulnerability because they're women. Yeah. But when you look at the recent laws passed in the US, it isn't particularly shocking that transgender and gender non-conforming people are being targeted. In March 2021, South Carolina amended a child protection bill to include criminal charges against anyone who helps a minor become transgender. So essentially, if a teenager under the age of 18 wanted to start taking hormone treatment, this would be considered a criminal act to prescribe it to them. Now, it's also the same when it comes to um, surgeries and stuff. Um, But again, I don't know how likely it is that people would actually, you know, perform those surgeries anyway. Yeah. Um, I also don't know how... Yeah, I don't think people would... It's not routine to do that anyway, so I think it's a bit of a misnomer that that's even included on the bill. Yeah. But, yeah, you wouldn't be able to prescribe um, people puberty blockers. Now, I know that this is a a topic that a lot of people have different uh, feelings about, and, you know, we discussed earlier, we can understand why we don't know the long-term effects, but it's... (sighs) Whilst I don't think hormone treatment is something that should be taken lightly... In my opinion, teenagers often are able to make informed choices about their own bodies. Yeah. And such bill amendments would mean that people like Brianna Gay, who know they identify as female, 
They would not be able to obtain medication to delay puberty or be able to alter their appearance if they resided in South Carolina. Now, I appreciate there are grey areas to this, as I just said. There are arguments for and against, but someone not being able to express themselves in their true identity and not being able to present in their true identity can lead to many mental health issues and gender dysphoria. which is where a person feels a sense of unease because their assigned gender doesn't match their gender identity. And I think unease is probably an understatement. But that was the definition. Um, And the definition also says that this unease can be so intense that it leads to anxiety and depression. And then I've added, it can even lead to suicidal ideation and suicide attempts and completion because we know that to be the case. So imagine looking in the mirror every day or just at your own body every day and not only disliking what you see, but actually feeling a discomfort and disconnect with it. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like you. No, and I can't understand feeling that way due to my gender, but I have experienced body dysmorphia myself um, in the past and that is hard enough. Withholding gender reassignment care for minors can be catastrophic. And yes, some people do change their minds and choose to detransition. However, it is estimated that only 1-8% to of people choose to detransition and that this is a lot more common in the earlier stages of transitioning, i.e. before surgeries. We've also, somewhere in the, um, I didn't write it down because I'm an idiot, but somewhere within the 20-30% to mark, the reason they choose to detransition or stop their transition is because of outside pressures, i.e. their community or their parents. That's really interesting so that's not actually because of their because feelings their is it feelings. yeah it's funny because i think by and the time someone gets to surgery you they're have, pretty sure yeah you have thought long you it's not like you go i'm gonna get my ears pierced rash decision get your ears pierced it can grow over do you know what i mean like yeah yeah this, it's a, this it's... is a long you don't wake up one day and think I want gender reassignment surgery. Let's go and do it. And it's not right that now. easy either. Yeah. Like, as most trans people will tell you, there is a long waiting list. Yeah. Also, and there is a long, lengthy process to I get it. I feel like everyone knows what I mean when you say, like, when you're like, oh, we've always known. Do you know what I mean? There's always these people that people always say, oh, we've always known. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like my one of my sister's best friends, he came out as gay to his mum and his mum looked at him and she went, I've always known. Yeah. And I mean, if you can tell from I mean, I think his mum said she could tell from when he was three years old that he um that he was a gay man or gonna be a gay man. Um she said because he was just so effeminate and he was just so fascinated by women's things never wanted to play with boys always wanted to be with the girls and she was like she said she would have been more surprised if he was straight yeah and of and course I mean, those things don't necessarily have to make no you i mean this was man, also but... this was also like the 90s early noughties where it was a bit more stereotyped um yeah but also but it is normally an indication yeah but also if she could tell from three years old that her son was effeminate I'm pretty sure there's probably parents who can tell from early on that their child is not comfortable being that yeah. gender. And don't get me wrong, like kids kids say the darndest things. I do. said it when I was a kid. Um, someone asked me what I wanted to be when I was older and I said a man. 
kids do say the yeah. damnedest things. But when kids repeatedly express that, yeah, and take steps to, you know, take steps such as puberty blockers, and also put themselves on that long waiting list. Also, they know what they school want. School is hard. If you get through school and you stand by being, I am not a man. I am a woman, and vice versa. Yeah. Then, not being funny, you've stuck your guns at probably, probably the, the hardest, hardest part of your life. You're probably ready for that surgery. Yeah. And also, <sighs> more to that point, a lot of people will bind their chests. So a lot of assigned female at birth, um, trans men, will bind their chest in their teenage years, which leads to can lead to injury, Mm. Um, can lead to stunted growth anyway um, for their breasts, which obviously is what they want, but not in the way that they're getting it. Um, It is much better for a child to be able to access a proper binder or puberty blockers than it is for them to injure themselves. Yeah. Because they're going to do it anyway. Exactly. It's just funny when like, I mean, I always say this to patients at work. I'm like, we as healthcare professionals get taught about the human body, but only you are the master of your own body. Yeah. Only you know. We get talked about the blueprint, but yeah. as everyone who is an architect will tell you, the blueprint changes. Yeah. And although me and you are both women, we both identify as women, we were both assigned female at birth, we are very different physically genetically and mentally exactly like we don't have the same thoughts we don't have the same body types so why is it so crazy to think that a woman could want to become a male and a male could want to become a female exactly and the thing with having bills like this it just means that minors are less likely to confide in people about how they're feeling as they may say they're more likely yeah, leads yeah. to more mental health problems. Yeah, and it yeah. just means they're more likely to be met with misunderstanding and prejudice. Additionally, I feel like if you're feeling this way and you talk to someone, you're more likely to be able to talk to them and if and find out if you do truly feel this way. Yeah. I have a friend who has younger siblings and one of her siblings is, well, at the time was only 12 or 13 and was really questioning their gender. And we even sort of said when, you know, she was telling me about it, I said to my friend, I said, I, I mean, I wonder if you're, if you need to say to your um, sister, I think they still identify as she. I'm very sorry if I'm getting that wrong. You know, that, you know, they can discuss it, but also they don't need to make their mind up right now. Yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of the time people want to discuss it and it can help them work out how they feel one way or the other yeah but not discussing it doesn't make it go away no it just sweeps things under the rug and and festers it's the same with everything whether you're talking about gender or just any mental health issue letting it yeah just anything letting it fester is what leads to like the breakdowns and the yeah and discussing anything doesn't make it more likely to happen it's like they say in mental health care you know saying to someone do you feel suicidal a lot of people are scared to use the word suicide suicidal yeah that doesn't make them more likely to do it if they're contemplating it they're already contemplating it you saying the word doesn't put it in their head yeah also surely you need to be aware if someone is suicidal so you can put things in place 
just like you need to be aware of someone's questioning their gender identity so you can have a conversation yeah and see where Sad- you can help them exactly and sadly in may of 2021 texas passed a very similar bill to this yeah do you know what doesn't surprise me with bloody texas no i know they're instead of moving forwards they're moving backwards that state i mean south carolina is quite similar to texas yeah Sadly, some trans and gender non-conforming people sometimes face discrimination from those within the LGBTQIA plus community as well, with some people referring to themselves as only being part of the LGB community, pointedly leaving out the T that stands for transgender. Mm. As often, the LGBTQIA plus acronym, acronym is, shorted, is shortened to LGBT. The LGB Alliance is a British advocacy group founded in September 2019. The founders are Bev Jackson, Kate Harris, Anne Sinnott, Alison Bailey and Malcolm Clark. They state that lesbians are facing extinction due to the supposed disproportionate focus on transgender identities in schools. Additionally, they have opposed bans on conversion therapy for trans people in the UK. They oppose gender-affirming care such as puberty blockers, and they have opposed the gender recognition reform that makes it easier for people to change their legal gender. Therefore, it isn't hard to see why many, including myself, see the LGB Alliance as a transphobic hate group. Mm. And I'm in good company, as the Labour campaign for trans rights also describes them as transphobic. Esteemed writer and and researcher Kevin Guyan, as well as a feminist philosopher Pedro Monk, have also described the organisation as trans-exclusionary, and the UK advocacy group Hate, Hope Not Hate and the Trade Union Congress also agree. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not alone in thinking that these people are questionable. I mean, when you said it, I was like taking out the TQ. I'm like, God, it hasn't been like the T has been in there for years now. Oh, yeah. Like that's so the fact that they won't even acknowledge trans people. Oh, yeah, and the fact that they say that it erases lesbians. Like, okay, well, firstly, you're forgetting that there are trans men, so do they not <laughs> yeah. erase gay people? But I guess that's what Malcolm Clark is saying. Also, just also I, you... I don't think it is. I still know many lesbians. Yeah, also, you can be a man who I... Like, a, um, sorry, a male assigned at birth who now identifies as a woman and... But that doesn't mean that you then like men. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can no, still... Honestly, just there's so many Like you could be a transgender woman who is bisexual. Yeah, there's so many contradictions to their cause. And I say cause, use that word very lightly. Um, I just... I really didn't like researching... Um, the LGB alliance, it made me feel very icky. I like, how they call them, I like how they call themselves an alliance, but they're not part of the community. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, so it might not surprise you that I haven't got a whole load on the LGB alliance. I also don't really want them to come for me. Cause, not because I can't stand up for them myself and not because I can't just take them on. I just can't be them and give them the airtime. Do you know what I mean? So therefore... I could sit here all day long and discuss why trans people very much belong in the queer community. But instead, I'm going to touch on the very people who are the reason why we have pride today. 
the people who are a huge reason as to why non-straight people have many of the rights they do today. Now, this is a topic that could be an episode all on its own, and we are very much going to only cover the basics. But, as many people know, or have at least heard, the first Pride was a riot. Literally. So, police used to regularly raid gay bars in New York, partly because of the gay patrons, and partly because it was common for the mafia to own gay bars in America, due to the illegal nature of gay bars at the time. And on June 28, 1969, they raided the Stonewall Inn in the Greenwich Village neighbourhood in Lower Manhattan in New York City. However, this time, police quickly lost control of the situation and protests continued for the following week. So, normally, when police raided gay bars, they would line the patrons up inside and check their IDs. And then the female police officers would take anyone dressed as a woman to the bathroom to verify their sex. AKA check what genitals they had. That's which is so, disgusting behaviour. But it's so actually mad. But you know what? It's not far off what some trans exclusionary feminists have been threatening to do recently in toilets across the UK. Oh um, my God, I don't know if you're aware. You're in a cubicle anyway. Does it matter? I know. and But this is the thing. I don't know if you're aware. People, um, trans exclusionary feminists, um, have actually been saying, and I want to say jokingly, but probably not, posting about how they ha- will do g- gender checks on anyone who they think is a man coming into a female toilet. Oh, my God. Or a trans woman coming into a female toilet. Like, get... Again, do you not have anything better to do with your day than to sexually harass someone by checking that they have the right genitalia Honestly, to fit you touch your... me, I... Like, that's sexual harassment. Uh, yeah. And this is the thing as well. The, um, I read another thing on Twitter. Um, a woman was saying that she happens to be a tall woman. She's six foot. And she um, is currently trying to do IVF. Um, mm. And so wanted to see if she had started a period. She felt like she had. And if she had started a period, she could go to the IVF clinic. Um, I can't remember why, but there was a reason she could. Um, it was like the right time for something. So she thought, oh, I'll just go to the toilet quickly. Um, I think it was at a train station to check. Yeah. And she overheard some people saying that they were going to make sure she used the right toilet because they believed she was a trans woman rather than a cis woman and they basically accused her of not being a woman um in their eyes you know because apparently they get a say on that and to the point where she didn't feel comfortable and didn't say anything but left in tears and therefore was unable to go to the ivf clinic to have something done that could help her conceive so horrible and you know what that is them bullying a a cis woman you know someone who they would perceive as a quote-unquote real woman so yeah this is the thing they're not even fucking accurate like if you're gonna say oh we can tell when you're not a real woman tell you better can't. than yeah like like also no, you can't women's, like <sighs> and also it's got fuck all to do with you women's toilets are all cubicles that look like i it's, I don't know many women who would walk into the toilet and start pissing with the door open on a normal no. day. Do you know I've what I mean? I've seen it once or twice with drunk people. Exactly. On a normal day today. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Clubs and stuff. Different story because, I mean, <laughs> drunk women are absolute savages. Um, but Drunk people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 
does because you're in an enclosed locked cubicle to give you privacy does it matter no that's why and I, I think know some people gender toilets are ridiculous anyway just have a load of cubicles I mean, I know that some women will say that the reason they feel uncomfortable with um, people they perceive to be men using a female toilet is because of past sexual trauma. Okay, I understand that. But also, if a man is a rapist, he doesn't need to pretend to be a woman to walk into your toilet, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also, not many men will undergo looking like a woman to sexually assault a woman some will some will but yeah. you know what that mentor- yeah. but you know what but trans women are not doing that but again it's the shh, 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 shh. you only have to meet one dickhead argument like not all men are dickheads but you just have to meet the one do you know what I'm like yeah like but trans women are could not happen predators anyway. yeah it could happen whether you let trans women into the toilet or not. Yeah. Do you not- Some predators are trans women, but not all trans women are predators. Yeah. And saying that you don't want trans women to use the female toilets because they might attack you. Like, also, they're just as likely to get attacked. As- they're more likely. Yeah. As this episode has proven, they yeah. are very vulnerable women too. They're vulnerable because they're women and they're vulnerable because they're trans. Exactly. So, yeah, the police who used to take women to the bathroom to verify their sex, a.k.a. check their genitals, uh, we haven't come that far, sadly. Um, But also for any trans-exclusionary feminists who think that they've found a new thing to do, no. Get a new thing. Yeah. And also if you identify as, you know, gay and you do this, you are no different to the police and what they used to do to gay people in the 1960s. It's ridiculous. So, anyway, that first night on June 28th was different. The men in line refused to produce their ID and those dressed in feminine attire refused to go with the police to the toilet. It has also been said that police then began to frisk the lesbian patrons and in doing so they began to fill them up inappropriately. When police released those who were not arrested... Rather than leaving quickly, as they usually did, they instead stayed outside. That's the patrons, that is, the ones who were not arrested. And the crowd began to grow to around 150 people, though I believe the last numbers of the crowd was 500 to 600. As police began escorting those arrested to their police cars, bystanders began to shout, Gay Power. And someone else began singing, We Shall Overcome, which I believe is a gospel hymn that then became like um, a like a civil rights song okay i don't know it myself no i don't officers began to shove a woman in drag whilst a woman in handcuffs was escorted from the door of the inn this woman in handcuffs then began fighting and was hit in the head of a baton as she was put into the back of the police wagon she looked at the crowd and asked why don't you guys do something and with that they did and thus the protests continued until July 3rd, 1969. The following year, on June 28, 1970, the Stonewall Riot's first anniversary was marked by an assembly on Christopher Street, the street on which the Stonewall Inn was located, as sadly it closed down in October 1969. Simultaneously, gay people and allies met up in Los... Los... <laughs> 
met up in Los Angeles and Chicago in solidarity, and these are now thought to be the first gay pride marches in US history. The following year, 1971, gay pride marches took place in Boston, Dallas, Milwaukee, London, Paris, West Berlin and Stockholm. And the rest is history. And like I said, this is a very brief rundown of the events, so don't come for me too much, <laughs> unless I've said something wildly inaccurate, of course. But um, yeah, it's a very brief rundown. It's yeah. very interesting to look into the Stonewall riots. It's very anger inducing, but it's very empowering as well and very yeah. interesting. And I do actually think everyone should. But why do I mention the Stonewall riots? Well, of course, transgender women were a huge part of them and thus the entire gay rights movement and therefore the LGB alliance need to understand their own history. Mm. So there was Marsha P. Johnson, a black drag queen and gay liberation and AIDS activist. Marsha has often been credited with starting the riots, but actually they've always been vocal about not actually being present on the first night the riots began. However, multiple independent witnesses all agree that they were instrumental in the week of rioting. Marsha identified as gay and either a transvestite or a drag queen, in their own words. It has since been believed that had the term been in broad use whilst Marsha was still alive, they may have identified as transgender or non-conforming, but that is conjecture. And considering the P in their name stood for pay it no mind, something which once got them off in court when the judge found it amusing. We need pay their gender, no mind. And yeah, I love that. Pay that it no mind. <laughs> Marsha, pay it no mind, Johnson. <laughs> Marsha was known to some as a drag mother because they often helped young and unhoused people in need, leading them to also be dubbed as the Saint of Christopher Street. Today, there is a P... There is a Marsha P. Johnson Institute, which focuses on arts and community organising for trans people of colour. Sylvia Rivera is another person of note when discussing the Stonewall riots. Now, some have stated that Sylvia wasn't present at the riots. Marsha P. Johnson was one such person. Uh, they were a close friend of Sylvia's and Sylvia did try and say that they were present at the riots. And apparently Marsha was like... You know you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> However, in the wake of Stonewall, Marsha and Sylvia did work together to create STAR, Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, an organisation created in 1970 which offered aid to transgender sex workers as well as LGBTQIA plus youth in New York. Therefore, regardless of Sylvia's actual presence at Stonewall, they are still of great importance in the gay rights movement, and they continued to fight for drag queens and the inclusion of drags, drags people within, drags people, <laughs> and the inclusion of trans people within the within the LGBTQIA plus community up until their death in two thousand and two. In their early life, Sylvia identified as a drag queen, but in their later years, they identified as a trans woman. And the last person of note I want to discuss from the Stonewall riots is actually someone who would be unhappy with me referring to the events as riots, as they are quoted as saying, it was a rebellion, it was an uprising, it was a civil rights disobedience, it wasn't no damn riot. And that person was Stormy Delaveri, a biracial lesbian who was said to be the woman who threw the first punch whilst being led out of the Stonewall Inn in handcuffs. As she was biracial and dressed androgynously, can't say that word, androgynously, she was said to pass for both black and white, both male and female, and more than once was picked up by police who mistook her for a drag queen. Although she did sometimes perform as a drag, a drag king, which is 
just the opposite of a drag queen. So yeah. drag queen is a man who dresses as a woman um, and performs. Drag king is a female who dresses as a man and performs. Um, though you can get biological drag king and queens and that's yeah. all. That's all another thing. <laughs> can you tell I used to really love Drag Race uh, <laughs> in 2016? <laughs> um, she was present throughout the Stonewall happenings and afterwards she regularly attended the Gay Pride Parade and is remembered as a gay civil rights icon. When she died in 2014, her obituary in the New York Times read, Tall, androgynous and armed, she held a state gun permit. Ms. De Lavari roamed Lower 7th and 8th Avenues and points, and points between into her 80s, patrolling the sidewalks and checking in at lesbian bars. She was on the lookout for what she called ugliness, any form of intolerance, bullying or abuse of her baby girls. She literally walked the streets of downtown Manhattan, Manhattan like a gay superhero. She was not to be messed with by any stretch of the imagination. I want an obituary like that. Yeah, she sounds badass. Badass. <laughs> like, is it bad that you were reading that? And I was like, I want to be her. I know, right? Now, I mention these three people because all of them push the boundaries of the two genders. Whether it be Marsha P. Johnson, who identified as a drag queen and dressed in feminine clothing, Silva Rivera, who identified as a transgender woman, or Stormy Dilavari, who is an androgynous lesbian. All three were and are of great importance within the fight for gay rights. And also, LGB Alliance, we're mentioning a lesbian, she's not being erased. Yeah. Therefore, to write trans and gender non-conforming people out of the script, to debate their existence and to call them groomers, to have them vilified and worse, killed in hate crimes or have their murders go unreported or have them misgendered in death, is to be homophobic to be transphobic and is to be hateful. Mm-hmm. Brianna Gay deserved better. Even if she was not killed in a hate crime, she deserved to never be misgendered by the media and to have her rightful gender on her death certificate. Zark Imanitawi deserved better. Even if her murder was not a hate crime, she deserved to get the same level of coverage as Brianna did. And the bottom line is that trans people deserve to, have their, deserve to live their lives safely. Every day they receive hate and prejudice, whether it's being challenged on what bathroom they should use, whether it's a famous author tweeting more hatred about them, or whether it's being attacked and killed on the streets and then misgendered. In 2020 to 2021, 2,630 hate crimes against transgender people were recorded, which is a 16% increase from the previous year. However, this is likely a much smaller number than actual hate crimes committed against transgender people, as 88% of transgender people stated they did not report the most serious type of incident in response to the National LGBT Survey. Transgender people are more likely than any other demographic in the LGBTQIA community to experience threats of physical or sexual harassment or violence according to the same survey. And the figures for 2021 to 2022 are even worse, with the number of hate crimes against transgender people rising by 56%, to 4,355. Again, this is likely to be much lower than the actual number due to underreporting. Though it is an important note to say that hate crimes may have increased in this time due to more people being out and about since COVID lockdowns yeah. eased. How, man- how much of it do you think is increased reporting as well? Yeah, I hope that there is an element of that. Yeah, because obviously there was a there was a massive increase of like 
sexual harassment claims, mm. but that was just because people were less scared to yeah. come forward about it. So I'm hoping that people are less scared about coming forward about these hate crimes as well. I hope so, but then I also unfortunately have uh, <laughs> transgender acquaintances and friends in my life who I know who have experienced, you know, perhaps what we would call small uh, microaggressions against them. But, you know, I, I know someone recently who asked someone where the toilet was and they directed them to the wrong toilet for them. Oh, wow. So they then went to the toilet that they felt comfortable going to. Yeah. And when they did, they got followed by security and the security <gasps> waited outside the cubicle and we, and uh, made them feel very uncomfortable. Didn't say anything. Now, that might be something that we call like a lesser hate crime in that, you know, mm. no one was physically hurt, I guess. But psychologically, they were. Yeah. Which is just important. And I mean, the security they haven't reported that. sent to, yeah. to intimidate them. And they haven't reported that to the police because realistically what's going to be done like you can report it to the venue but they haven't reported that to the police that would be something that would go unreported yeah because what like the police would not do anything yeah i mean what and in all fairness to the police i'm not sure what what they could do what can they do you know it's a case we have to report that to the venue and take it higher and name and shame the only thing the police could do with that is build a case file yeah and if anything else happened yeah then they've got, yeah, if anything more severe happened, they can say, well, these aren't as severe, but this is where it's escalated. Yeah. But also, it's just, in reality, the person I know is just likely to not go back. Yeah. And this isn't the first time I've heard that happen. You know, we think of Bristol as being a really progressive city, but someone I know who is trans and um, used to live in Bristol but doesn't anymore, they had... A similar thing happened where they were shouted at for using a toilet that they felt comfortable in. Um, and obviously a person took issue with it and shouted at them. So, oh, bless you, Hula. <laughs> so these are things that wouldn't be reported, but they're still hate crimes. They're still hateful acts towards people of the trans community. Yeah. And still things they have to deal with every day. Um, I also think as well that people discussing transgender people online um you know and you know gender non-conforming people online and just gender identities in general uh some doing so in a negative way it's meant that unfortunately some people are more likely to speak out with hatred and you know they've been spurred on by some people to act this way to act with prejudice and when these are people with platforms, I won't name them, but we know who I mean. Yeah. This only makes people feel more justified in their hatred or outward negative attitudes towards gender, transgender people. Yeah. And that's kind of most things I have for today. So I appreciate that once again, this has been a bit of a different true crime week. But again, I thought it necessary. And personally, I learned loads researching this and I, I hope we're all able to take something away from this. Yeah, it's nice to, again, cover something different. Come yeah. something relevant. I appreciate maybe for people who have come here for true crime, they're like, this isn't what I came for. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it was true crime as well. Yeah. They're crimes. Like, at the end of the day, a woman was still murdered. Yeah. And just because it's slightly different to other cases that we have covered mm-hmm. doesn't give it any less credit. 
And at the end of the day, we, as, you know, a, a, a team of cis individuals, we should use our our privilege and our platform. You know, yeah. we, we have a small platform. We're a small little podcast. But we used to have but, a platform. But we have a bit of a platform. And I think we should use that in a positive way. And, you know, there are some issues ethically with true crime. And I hope that we can prove that we're not just trying to sit here and sensationalize things. We're trying to make mm. a bit of a difference. And that's not why I covered it to prove that. I'm not trying to prove anything. No. It's just the reason I thought, thought we should cover this is because it is a true crime case. But how can I mention Brianna and not mention other individuals? Yeah. I mean, Edwin True. himself dressed androgynously. Yeah. He might he's... have used he, him pronouns, but given some time, he may have chosen to change that. He might have felt differently. I mean, he lived in a community where it was... Very, very hard. much, uh, yeah, very much a taboo to be gay, let alone trans. However, I did see in my research that there are um, communities within Kenya that have more than one gender. Ah, I didn't include them because there was lots I could have included. Oh my god, yeah, I bet I can imagine this week was very much a rabbit hole case. Yeah, and in fact, I will link to the website that had a long list in the show notes because it is really interesting. Yeah. And it's also great to just like probably link to people on places like Twitter where they're going on about two gender rhetoric and just be like, actually, no. Here you go. The world is bigger than your Western world. <laughs> the world is so much bigger. And shouldn't we celebrate that? And shouldn't we want to learn about different cultures and everything and just think, wow, isn't the world amazing? Yeah. Why are we so afraid of things that we don't know? Oh, I it's yeah. I just can't get my head around why some people think that they're better than other people just because yeah. they are. They feel comfortable in their own skin, and when other people finally get there, they hate them for it. Yeah, I honestly don't understand how you can see someone happy and living their best lives and be like, "That threatens me." Yeah, like <laughs> you count yourself lucky that you were born comfortable in your own skin imagine and that you yeah and that you don't have to fight to be seen yeah in the way you need to be seen yeah um as always and as we said at the beginning i welcome commentary from everyone especially those of in the lgbtqia plus community especially people who are trans or gender non-conforming and if we've got anything wrong we welcome you to point that out um, please be nice because we mean this with all the love in the world but yeah. um, you will always be met with politeness and you are always welcome in our community or if you there's are... anything you want to add yeah to completely add to the discussion brushed over but you were you want us to look into in more detail or any names that you think we should look into their yeah. their deaths their killings their murders if there's any cases you think we should cover let us know if we haven't heard about it, make us aware of it. Yeah. Um, you Like I said, you're always welcome in our community. You're safe here and you are valued here. And you will always have a voice here. Um, so, yes, there will be a link to the petition for the GRCs to be granted posthumously. Some have called this Brianna's Law. There is already a law in America called Brianna's Law, so not to be confused with that. But we will link the um, petition in the show notes along with the link for Zark Imanitawi's funeral costs and resource links for anyone who needs some support with the issues discussed today and links on how people can be the best allies to our trans communities because that's really important and sometimes yeah. if you see someone being prejudiced it's not always 
the best thing to confront them. Sometimes it's better to get the victim away from the situation. Yeah. Um, so we'll have a link to how to be an ally. And I will also link about all the different um, third gender communities in the world because I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, You might think it's interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's there if you want it. Yeah. And I, I just hope... You can... You don't have to look at it. <laughs> and whilst this is obviously a sad um, episode, true crime ones always are, I hope yeah. it's at least been a bit informative. It has been. It's nice. Again, something different every week. It's you know, nice I try, not, I try. Yeah, I'm not doing the same, <laughs> the same old. But don't worry, I'll make sure to cover a, 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 a start to finish true crime case on the next one. <laughs> um, also, though, it might be important for me to say that um, I will be off for at least a week in March. Um, my mum's going to have spinal surgery and I'm going to go and help her with her uh, pre and post op recovery and everything um i'm just gonna go and stay with my mum for a week so i won't be around to record jess is gonna have some things lined up for you guys hopefully fingers crossed hopefully but um just a little heads up that you won't hear my voice for at least a week yeah um if i'm really unorganized we might have to have a week off because i am going to ireland as well the week that you're off so we may miss one week but i will do my best to not miss any yeah no we're trying our, we're trying our best <laughs> um but as always guys keep yourself safe and of course stay, stay spooky. spooky hey guys if you have a ghost story or a case suggestion please email us truecrimecovinpod at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter at truecrimecovin or on instagram and facebook where we are at truecrimecovinpod also, it would mean the absolute world to us if you could rate us wherever you're listening to this right now, be it Spotify, Apple Music, or if you're on YouTube, give us a little thumbs up, click that bell, get notifications every time we post. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. Make these two witches smile. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, witches. Sorry, Simon. <laughs>